Hi there, you're listening to the Guitar Speak podcast. My name is Matt Wakeling and this is my show where I interview leading guitarists and guitar figures from all around the world. Thank you for joining me for episode number 94. Now today I speak with Scott Ian, who is a founding member of the US thrash pioneers Anthrax, the band who alongside Metallica, Megadeth and Slayer are regarded as the big four of thrash metal. Scott joins us backstage during an Anthrax and Slayer show to talk about starting the band in the Bronx, why he's not interested in categorising music, his creative pursuits beyond music, such as writing books and performing in TV series, Malcolm Young, a huge hero of Scott's, and Jackson Guitars, and uh, perhaps most prescient, his upcoming spoken word tour. All right, let's jump straight in. Here we go. Scott Ian from Anthrax. Hello. Hi, is that Scott? Yeah, speaking. Oh, hi, Scott. It's Matt Wakeling from the Guitar Speak podcast in Sydney, Australia. How are you? Good. How are you? Great, mate. Thank you so much for your time. I know you're super busy. Actually, I know you're in the middle of a Anthrax tour uh, as we speak. Yeah, yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm listening to Slayer right now. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, that's awesome. That's so cool. Well, mate, thank you. Yeah, thanks again for your time. Um, we, I'd love to talk about Anthrax and Slayer and all that stuff, but of course, we are uh, the priorities talk about the One Man Riot tour when you come to Australia in September to bring your, for want of a better phrase, I know, your spoken word tour. There's no priority. You can talk about whatever you want. I don't care. <laughs> That's cool. Well, <laughs> let's talk about let's talk about your tour first because that's that's super cool and, it, and it's pressing. And then then we've got a bunch of stuff. So you obviously love storytelling. What what was the impetus to bring that to the stage and and tell these stories live? I was telling the stories live for years be, before I wrote a book. The books came the books came out of me telling stories live, basically. Okay. Yep. Gotcha. And what what is it about sharing your life? I guess so publicly that you love, and obviously you're into stories as in fiction as well, because you've got there's a whole other side to your career. But um, yeah, sharing sharing what what I think you've called a an insane life with uh, with your fans. Well, I'm, everything I say is super important, and um, <laughs> and of course I think everything I have to say, everyone will be interested in. As a you know, as a guy who's been in a band for. 37 years of, of course uh you know people people need to uh people need to listen to everything i have to say no matter how <laughs> mundane it may be <laughs> i mean it, that's partially true because yeah. who who in their right mind wants to get up on a stage and and uh and tell stories it just so happens i have some stories that are just really funny i have a lot of stories that are really funny and uh and I figured my friends laugh at me, and and uh, and they've heard them a hundred times. So maybe people that don't even know me, and they're only hearing it for the first time, will really think it's funny. <laughs> sure, that that seems like a good plan, and it's obviously obviously been working pretty well so far, as as well. I think I read somewhere that you um you're really into Henry Rollins, and you loved that you loved his books, and then seeing him take his his stuff on the road as well. Yeah, but that that never motivated me to want to do it. I, okay. I never, ever once thought I wanted to go tell stories. It, I got an offer five or six years ago to do a show like this in London uh, the night before Anthrax was going to start a tour, so I was going to be there anyway. And uh, it was just out of sheer curiosity to see if I could do it. I, I had every expectation that after 30 minutes, 
of people of silence, I would just say, okay, thank you. Good night. And, uh, and my curiosity would have been solved, but it went the other way. And I talked for two and a half hours and I had a load of fun and wanted to do it again. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Awesome, man. Very cool. Very cool. You've got a lot of creative interests. Um, so like you've written comic books, you've, you've been involved in TV and films. Um, so all this stuff aside of Anthrax and aside of the, the other musical, I guess, interest, have you always been a creative person? Have you always looked for different creative outlets? Um, I don't think of it that way. It's not creative outlets. It's, is it fun or is it not fun? Uh-huh. That's literally how I make decisions because I'm not looking for more work and I'm never looking for reasons to leave home. Um, it's just sometimes I get offers to do things and it, uh, it's, it's a really simple question. Am I going to have fun or am I not going to have fun? And if it seems like it's something I'm going to have fun doing, then it's worth exploring. Sure. Um, and I, I get tons and tons of offers for things that I say no to all the time. Okay. Yep. Um, but there, then there's things like getting to be on the walking dead that for me, that certainly sounded like fun. <laughs> <laughs> So you were one of the walkers on that show, weren't you? And then to like, you got taken out. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's got to be fun. That's got to be a lot of fun. You also, whilst you're, whilst you're doing your, your tour here in September, you, you are stopping off at a couple of comic cons and um, you have written comics for DC. I guess is that, that's another example of a, a fun opportunity that's come up for you. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And that's how this whole thing started, coming to Australia to do talking shows, is I got offered to come... Uh, be at Brisbane and Sydney for the for the Comic Cons they're having there in September, and because they're on the weekends, um, I had a whole week off in between, so that's when I asked my agent, "Hey, I'm going to be there for a week, so instead of me going to sit on a beach somewhere for five days, maybe I could go do some talking shows because I never get to do them. I, I just schedule wise, it's just like I said, I'm not looking to leave home." And, uh, but I was going to be there anyway. So he, he looked into it and people were interested in having me come do talking shows. And that, that made me even more excited because now I, you know, not only do I get to come to Australia and hang out at Comic-Con, but now I get to do talking shows too. So it, it just, it, it, it doubled the fun. <laughs> nice. Nice. Very cool. And then I noticed you're pretty much back on the road, um, uh, to Europe, Anthrax are touring Europe later this year so that looks like a pretty good yeah and i still even when i get back from australia i still have about a month off before we go to europe so yeah it, it works out great yeah when anthrax started you, you guys were well now of course anthrax is regarded as part of the big four of thrash metal with metallica and megadeth and slayer did you sense at the time that you were part of a new evolution of metal or how far into it i guess were you before you you, you thought okay there's something there's a momentum here. There's a new movement happening that we, we are part of. Um, well, in, in 1987, we definitely knew things were changing because when Among the Living came out and we started touring on that album, we were playing small clubs. and I mean, they were sold out, but it was, you know, 400 people. Maybe the biggest show was, you know, 800 or something. But uh, just seven months later, by the end of 1987, we were playing the... 6,000, 9,000, we were playing giant shows in just seven months. Uh, and uh, so, yeah, I mean, we yeah. obviously, you know, we had tangible evidence that 
things had changed drastically for our band and other bands that, you know, in our scene. And, uh, um, yeah, it was amazing. It's like, where did all these people come from? You know, like people just really caught on and it was obviously a void uh, of some sort that we were filling because all of a sudden, um, you know, we, we went from, like I said, we were playing to 10 times as many people in just seven months. So, um, yeah, it was pretty amazing. I, we didn't realize it at the time that we were part of some wave, but, you know, uh, uh, looking back on it, certainly, yeah, we, we were definitely a, a part of something that was bigger than just our band. It was all of us together and not just the four of us, but a lot of other bands too. Um, you know, we were all part of this wave of, you know, um, we, we didn't even call it thrash metal yet back then, but, um, but, you know, 83, 84, when all these American bands, uh, uh started making records, you know, it, it literally, it started a wave that, that crashed in a big way four years later in 1987. Bands like Metallica, they, they were part of the, you know, the Bay scene in, in San Francisco. So there was bands like Exodus and I guess bands like Testament followed on. You guys were from the Bronx. Did you have any, any other bands that you were working with or there was any affinity with? No, there was, there was zero scene in New York City. There was no metal scene. The only thing going on in the early 80s was cover bands. You know, if you, you, we would try and get shows at, at clubs and they would just tell you to go learn a Van Halen cover set and come back when we learned Van Halen songs. I mean, there was, there was no, there was no uh-huh. scene at all. We didn't, I mean, the only other band and I didn't even know it then, but cause it wasn't like there was social media or anything, but that band overkill from overkill was from New Jersey. Sure. Yeah. And they were around back then too, but we didn't even know them because there was no scene. Not like there were, there was a hard, there was a there was a punk rock scene, yeah, right, and there was a hardcore scene like down at CBGB's, but there was no metal scene at all, zero. Um, we didn't know any other bands. We there was there was nothing going on um, for for metal. We it was basically something that you know by by eighty two eighty three when things started to happen for us, then a scene started to happen around us, and by other bands coming and playing New York, you know. It, it all grew okay. uh, because Metallica came to New York and we, Anthrax and Metallica, played shows together in 82 and 83. And that, that kind of kicked things into gear, and, you know, I, I guess. It wasn't too long later, I guess the, late, the later 80s, early 90s, you started um, linking rap and, and your work with Public Enemy is very well known. I think I've read somewhere you've said you've likened the intensity of rap to to the metal you guys were playing at the time. What what did you see in rap that it just that moved me in the same way? Like? Well, I should say it it moved me. The rap that I was listening mm-hmm. to from around eighty one on, um, yeah, I just got the same. I've never broken music down into genres. I don't categorize music. I like it or I don't. I don't care what genre it is to me music is music it either moves me or it doesn't and um and rap moved me the same way rock did there's certainly the same sort of intensity just delivered in you know different music musicianship of course but that intensity obviously was makes yeah, a really yeah, great sure. fit, I, think. I don't analyze music either 
um, I, it, I just feel it. I, I don't think about music. I, I just, I feel, I experience uh-huh. music. I've read you learned guitar. A big deal for you was, was uh, working out ACDC albums. Pretty, pretty much, yeah. And um, particularly Malcolm's work, you're a huge fan. Yeah. I would, of, all the, of all the bands I was into in the, in the 70s, definitely the ACDC certainly had the biggest influence. I mean, they're, my, they're still my favorite band. And uh, and certainly as a guitar player, I would just sit with the albums and just go song by song and learn the chords. You know, that's that's all I would do. Can we talk guitars? You've been with Jackson Guitars for a long time. How, how did you first hook up with those guys? Um, well, they turned me down in like 1985 or 86. I wanted to play Jackson's and become a, a, an, endorsed, an, an endorsed artist. And so did our old original guitar player, uh, lead guitar player, Danny Spitz. And they said they would endorse him, but they they wouldn't endorse me because I wasn't a lead player, which I took very personally. And I didn't, I didn't understand that at all. But, you know, I won't hold it against... I mean, back then it was just one asshole who worked there who felt that way. So it took a few more years and then the band got a little bigger and then all of a sudden Jackson wanted to me to play their guitars, which I was still very happy about because I love Jackson. So There's been a bunch of Jackson signature models for yours. What's what's the latest Ian Scott signature? I've got my uh, Flying V, uh, Jackson King V that I've had. I don't know. It's been about two years now probably. That's Because uh-huh. uh, I, I, I have two. I've got a Soloist and, uh, and, a, and a King V. Yeah, nice. Now the soloist—that's a solid maple body, if I remember correctly. Is that true? I not all of them. No, I, I don't. No, I don't think so. Um, I think there's different configurations. I don't. I don't. I don't know that there's one. I don't think it only comes one way. I I think if you were to custom order one, you could probably get it in any wood you want. <laughs> Okay, nice. Very cool, very cool. And the, uh, are you still using Seymour's? I think you were using JB's for a long time. Yeah, yeah, same pickups. And where are you now? I th- I'm trying to get the time difference sorted out between Sydney and the States. Are you in Arkansas tonight? Is that where you're, you're gigging? I'm in Arkansas, yes. Yeah, nice. So Slayer are on. Have you guys already played or are you on next? It's Slayer literally just finished. They, Tom just walked past me to his dressing room. <laughs> That's very cool. Very cool. And uh, have you already played, or are you are you guys coming up? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're actually, yeah, the show's over. Oh, nice man. Nice. All right. Well, hey, man. Thank you so much for your time. It's been really, really cool to meet you. And um, uh, I know you've got some other press to do this afternoon. So, yeah, thanks for your time. We're looking forward to your Australian uh, spoken word tour in September and uh, the Comic Con appearances, and hopefully Anthrax back on these shores sometime soon. Absolutely. Well, thank you very much. Cheers. Okay, thanks, Scott. All right. Cheers. Bye. All right, there you go. Scott Ian from Anthrax on the show today. Now, his Australian spoken word tour starts on September 24th, and uh, details are in local guides. Check that out. 
Thank you so much for joining me today for the Guitar Speak podcast. Remember, we're on Facebook and Instagram, and I'd love to hear from you. Uh, You can subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts or Stitcher Radio or pretty much anywhere you can get podcasts these days. All right, I'm out of here. My name's Matt Wakeling. Thanks again. We'll catch you next time on the Guitar Speak podcast. Bye now.